Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of Gangrene and Goudreau of the 2023 NFL season right here on percolatedmedia.net. This is Goudreau recording here on Tuesday, September uh, September 12th, day after Monday Night Football. And if you are new to this show, this is my weekly Jets podcast, since that's my sports team. Number one, always have been, always will be. And I... Bringing it back this season, I made that decision in the in the interim between the Super Bowl and now. I actually haven't recorded a show on my own since the Aaron Rodgers deal actually happened. So I've missed a lot of talk with the offseason and hard knocks and all those kinds of things. So this is just my weekly forum to talk about the game, upcoming game, news, and what a way to start off this season. And I'm going to let everyone know right now, if you're a first-time listener or if this is something you've heard me do in the past. I've always tried to do these shows with some semblance of a plan, whether that's bullet points, whether that is an outline, maybe one hot topic that just descends into some smaller things. But I felt it appropriate to do this show as a 24 hours later retrospective on what's happened. I didn't want to over-prepare. I didn't want to come into this with a hundred things to talk about because part of being a fan, and I think this is the biggest aspect of it, is that comes from your heart. And I'm someone that has rooted for this team since 1993, 30 years now. And there's been a lot of downs in this fandom's history, including well before I was even born. And I'm not going to go through the history books. You can do that on your own. But I'll say this. Because I didn't talk about the offseason and what happened with Hard Knocks and all that stuff. The hype around this team was inescapable, in large part due to the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers. But I still went into this season with the mentality of hope for the best, expect the worst. And I'm not someone who considers myself to be overly cynical, at least in a day-to-day part of my life with work, with my family. I'm an optimist. But if you've heard me on the movie reviews or some of the other shows I've done over the years, I can be a cynical, pessimistic person when it comes to an outlook on what's to come. And the fact of the matter is, even with all the hype and all the stuff on paper, on air quotes, This team is still the Jets. And whether you like it or not, Jet fans, they have the longest playoff drought now in modern sports since 2010, to be exact, coming up on 13 years. But a funny thing happened when Aaron Rodgers became officially introduced as the quarterback for the Jets, the expectations went from playoffs to a potential Super Bowl. 
and I can't fault people for having that mentality. You're certainly much more optimistic than I am. I wish I could be like that. But I was still skeptical. Large part due to how last season unfolded. Going from 6-3 and three to 7-10. and 10. And everything that happened last season. I went through it every single week. Injuries, heartbreaking losses, quarterback implosions, defensive mistakes. All of that stuff happened. There's not one singular thing you can point to that said the Jets on this downward spiral outside of just bad quarterback play. That's the obvious one. It's hard to win in the NFL unless you're Kyle Shanahan when you're starting multiple quarterbacks throughout the season. So that's last season. I was still embittered and quite frankly pissed off with how last season ended. To the point where I went into this season, Aaron Rodgers or not, whatever quarterback they brought in, the expectation at bare minimum was to make the playoffs. This is year three of Sala and Joe Douglas. They've put a, a good roster together. I would say a great roster. A defense last year that took significant steps. Some new acquisitions on that front. Getting those key injured players from last year healthy and back. And the thought was Aaron Rodgers was the final piece, you know, quarterback away. Hear that a lot, especially with the Jets. So I say all that to say I went into last night's game with my stomach in more knots than a Boy Scout campery. It's not that I knew something was going to go wrong, but with all that buildup and all the the expectations, it's still the Jets. And I'm at a point in my life where I need to see consistent prosperity with my own eyes. I need to see that graphic of the Jets in the wild card or even divisional round of the playoffs for me to have hope again. For me to actually fully buy in to what this team has become under Sala and the GM. And then the unthinkable happens. Four snaps into the game. And all that hype, all that excitement evaporated. I've watched a lot of Jet games in my life. Certainly more than all of you listening. And I cannot recall in one game a bigger 180 and then another 180, so let's call this a 360, of the crowd. 9-11 is a... It's, there's something about that day in New York. America in general, but specifically New York. There's a different ambiance that's magnified when sports teams play. In fact, when the Jets played on the 10th anniversary of 9-11 and beat the Cowboys, that was a really memorable night for me as a fan. And last night was the first time in a long time where the energy in that place was as electric 
as you have ever seen MetLife Stadium be for the green and white. Whether it was Aaron Rodgers running out with the flag, the national anthem, the new uniforms, there was just a, it felt like a concert. And the crowd was into it. And then 10 minutes later, the atmosphere was like a funeral. I was not at the game live, but I have friends that were there, people I listen to on other radio shows. They backed up that statement. It got deathly quiet. There was some murmuring. There was some, I think, some audible gasps that you heard. And quite frankly, I don't want to be someone who speaks for an entire fan base. That's not who I am, especially because my opinions don't always match the consensus with the Jets. But I think we all came together as a fan base and just said, why us? And with what happened, now being confirmed he's out for the season, the finger pointing and the blame game is in full swing. But my opinion is this. Football, by its very nature, comes with risk. That can be increased as you get older. We've seen crazy injuries in the NFL. In fact, Achilles tears are surprisingly becoming more and more prevalent in American sports, not just football. Everybody wants to blame the offensive line. Everybody wants to blame Aaron Rodgers for not getting the ball out quicker because the play wasn't designed that way. I'm not here for that nonsense. I'm not going to spew that rhetoric on this station because I don't have the energy or the mentality to say that kind of crap. It's a freak accident. And I'm someone who considers themselves to be very eloquent with how they speak and how they get their thoughts out there in the open. But there's no way I can really pontificate beyond it sucks. I could curse. I could definitely throw out some obscenities. But I'm going to make a conceited effort not to do that. It sucks. And all that hope. And promise basically went out the window. And I can't fault anyone for, in that moment, feeling like you were in football hell. And I'll transition to this. If you're someone who cheered about watching someone that you may not like, if you're happy that he got injured, and he is now not able to do the thing that he has dedicated his life to, then turn off the airwaves right now. Don't listen to my show. I'm not having it. I have made it publicly known that I had concerns about Aaron Rodgers being on this team. And I've had my personal disagreements with how he conducts himself, some of the things he's said, but he's my quarterback. And it looked like he bought in to the program. He looked like he was dedicated. He looked like he was bonding with his team. And you could see when he went down 
the energy of that team changed. But hold that thought because I'm going to discuss that further. So, like I said, if you're happy that he got injured, there's no place for you here, to be honest. And yeah, football sucks. Injuries suck, but it's an unavoidable part of the game. So there's my opening thoughts on what happened. I watched the game in its entirety. Honestly, there was a part of me that wanted to shut it off and go to bed and say, I don't need this right now. But at the same time, I'm a fan. And it's opening night. It's still MetLife Stadium. 80,000 people there. And it's a, it's a team sport. Quarterback's more important than anything else. But you've got 52 other guys on that roster. And you gotta, you got to go out there and play. And all I can say is that this game was the epitome of a roller coaster. Dismay and grief that was preceded by euphoric optimism. There was a reprieve. And then the second half happened and they wind up winning the game in improbable fashion. So that tells me something. That tells me, as I sit here today, that there's all that talk about culture when you talk about sports teams. And it's been a huge part of Salah's mantra ever since he got here. This team was affected by a lot of bad apples before he got here. Players, certain coaches. It seems like that script has flipped. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that last night proved to me that maybe Salah is not the greatest X's and O's type of coach. He's not going to be Bill Jelichek. He's not going to be Andy Reid. But it speaks to his character and his ability to lead men, which is also a significant part of what being an NFL head coach is. He showed that his players have bought into whatever he sold them without Aaron Rodgers on their center. I know a lot of other teams, jet teams for that matter, that would have folded, cried, thrown up their hands, woes me, season's over, let's just take it on the chin and move on to next week and let the ship begin to sink. But somehow they won that game. They never quit. And this will be one of those memorable nights that I don't think I'll forget as a as a fan. So that's my that's where my headspace is right now. I went through all the emotions watching that game. And it's a sport that I love. It's a sport that I followed. Some would say fanatically. It was kind of emotional watching the end of that game and seeing how that stadium was brought back to life and the players all celebrating and 
all that good stuff. So the game itself, which I really should talk about because that's the meat of this show. Is. How do I how do I say this without sounding like a raging. Jet fan. I am so happy that on national television, even losing Aaron Rodgers, the Jets stuck their foot up Buffalo's ass on a big scale and showed just how overrated those sons of bitches really are. I have had to hear for the last three, four years about how great Josh Allen is and every year it seems like the Buffalo Bills are the, the media darling to win it all. How's that worked out? This team has disappointed more New Yorkers than Sex in the City too. And last night was the perfect example of who Josh Allen is. Freak athlete. Incredibly gifted. Big arm. But his mental acumen, he doesn't have that killer instinct. Three interceptions. And I would say all three of them were stupid decisions. That cost his team. He got too cute on that handoff. Him and his offensive coordinator, he bobbles the snap. Jets take the ball. Four turnovers. And that's a commonality with Josh Allen over the last three games against the Bills. Or against the Jets, excuse me. He's In the last three games that Josh Allen has played the Jets, five interceptions, been sacked 13 times. And they held Buffalo to 16 points. Something about this defense just frustrates him. In large part, I heard Tiki Barber say this on a radio show, I think it's because he doesn't respect the Jets. And he thinks... He could do whatever he want. That's why he threw all those air balls. He was 0 for 5 on balls that traveled more than 20 air yards. He's now 0 and 5 in overtime. Against a team that lost its starting quarterback in the first drive of the game. Took the air out of the stadium. Buffalo should have run away with this game. Oh, I can't say run away because outside of Josh Allen, still Sean McDermott still doesn't have a run game outside of Josh Allen. They have Stefan Diggs. He's great. I heard all this praise for this Dalton Kincaid kid that they drafted. There were shots in the middle of the field, but it's like Josh Allen is allergic to checkdowns. He, he, he says he's not going to play hero ball. But sure as shit looked like he did it last night. So can we pump the brakes on Josh Allen being the second coming of Jesus? He's a great athlete. But he's got to fix these mistakes. And I know it kills Bill fans. I have friends that are Bills fans that say it's like when it's like how Packer fans felt about Brett Favre. You love him, you love his passion, you love his energy, but he'll make those decisions where it's like, what the F were you thinking? And the fact is, I feel the same way about Buffalo as I have for the last several years. 
on paper, best team in the division. Objectively, you could say they have the best quarterback now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. But when these big games, when it's prime for them to steamroll the Jets, they don't do it. So until they win it all, stop selling me those folding tables. I'm done. And quite frankly, now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, looking at the AFC East, it feels like the same damn division as last year. I just said my piece on Buffalo. Miami. Two unicorns at wide receiver. Very accurate quarterback. Innovative, offensive-minded head coach. With a garbage defense. New England, well-coached. But they don't have any real superstars that can turn the tide of a game when you need it most. And now the Jets, like last year, great defense, staunch run game. Who's playing quarterback? It's the same damn thing until proven otherwise. In week one, I think we saw all four of those mantras that I just said on full display. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say Josh Allen threw the game away. That's kind of what I alluded to. I think he's the reason they lost. But I don't believe in absolutes. I think two things can be equally true. Josh Allen sucked, and the Jets have a damn good defense. I think both of those are true statements. I was so impressed when this team could not move the ball very much at all offensively. They hung in there. They kept getting the turnovers. They'd make a big stop. They had five sacks in this game on Josh Allen. Four turnovers. I think this defense is for real. The the critique last year was always, yeah, they beat a lot of backups. Absolutely fair assessment. But much like last year, the offense in this game, large part due to the fact that the quarterbacks changed, was what was surprisingly, you know, anemic until they they made the plays when they had to. And it was not pretty. Look, I'll touch on the quarterback in a little bit. For the offense, they got some work to do. Offensive line did not play together during the preseason. A couple guys were coming off of injuries. It's always a difficult thing to configure. And there were some growing pains last night that were painfully obvious. Pass protection was not great. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame the O-line for Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. But they do have to play better. Because not just Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson took some licks in this game. And speaking of Josh Allen, when is that guy gonna learn how to slide? It's like watching Cam Newton. He thinks because he's bigger than most linebackers, he can just steamroll them. Eventually, that's going to take its toll. And he got the crap kicked out of him last night when he just could have slid or run out of bounds. Too often, Josh Allen plays meathead football, and I think it's costing his team. And for all we know, it could take years off his career. And I think Buffalo has a really good defense. 
But I want to reiterate, with the, the, the energy and the momentum of that game, this is exactly why I don't believe in the Bills. This is a game they should have won, no questions asked. But somehow, Zach Wilson has won two games against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I don't know how it's possible, but it's the NFL. Speaking of Zach, let's get to that. I did not see any substantial improvement from last year on Monday night. That interception he threw, I saw too much of that last year. Rolling to his right, throwing across his body, doesn't see Matt Milano. Easy interception. That shit can't happen. Your defense cannot bail you out every single time. I don't care how good it is. It's an offensive league. And turnovers decide games. Especially stupid ones. Tip balls. You know, freakish athletic defensive plays. That's part of the game. But when you make those mental mistakes, it hurts your team. And Zach took some hits. Much like Josh Allen, he, he could have slid. There were some things he definitely could have done different. But he got bailed out on that touchdown by Garrett Wilson making one of the best catches I have seen in a very long time. Davis White was on him, and he still managed to catch that ball for the touchdown to, to give the Jets, you know, more points and to really put him back in the game. What also helped was the run game. Dalvin Cook did what he had to do. Couple explosive plays, but nothing huge. But this is the Brees Hall show. You saw that last year. When this kid was on the field at running back, they were a completely different team. And I don't even think he's 100% yet. And it took a shoestring tackle by one of the Bills defenders for him not to have like a 90-something yard touchdown run. It's the second... Of those games, the both Zach Wilson games, the Jets just manhandled them in the trenches on the defensive line against the Bills O-line and the Jets run game against the Bills run defense. Jets were two for two. And this is much, again, much like last year. If Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback, that's the way they have to win games. Run the ball. Control the clock, play great defense. Borderline lights out defense. Because you saw last night, they did not trust Zach Wilson to win this game for them on the drive that set up the, the go-ahead field goal to make it 16-13. If he completes a pass there and gets the first down, the game's over. But they played it conservatively. They ran it. You know, it worked because they wound up winning the game, but at the same time, you got to take the training wheels off this kid. But I think they're scared to. And I do give them a certain amount of credence last night because of the circumstances. And I don't think Zach Wilson, in his right mind, thought he was going to be playing in that game. Especially so early. So they got it done. I'm proud of the perseverance and the, the balls that this team showed. This did not feel like a same old Jets type of game in that respect because I think I've seen them lose this type of game so many times 1999 that's the parallel with Vinny Testaverde this was different 
and I don't want to hear any fucking asterisks, excuse my language, slipped out, put on this game. Oh, they they missed a block on the punt, the punt return that won the game. Calls are missed throughout the NFL. And the guy fell down. It looked like he just fell. It wasn't like it was a, a block in the back or anything like that. Josh Allen's throw to Stephon Diggs, that was the touchdown. I thought he was forward progress. I thought that should not have been a touchdown. Matt Milano just punched Zach Wilson. You know, I think he's a dirty player from what I've seen. You know, he's aggressive. It's fun to watch, but some of those hits, be nice if the Jets got a roughing the passer against them for them. Couldn't tell you the last time that happened. But they got it done, and they stuck it up Buffalo's ass, and I couldn't be happier. The only way I would have been happier is if this was the Patriots week one. You've got to give this team, as a as a team, the credit where it's due that they pulled this off. Josh Allen helped them out a lot. But the defense and the special teams, it's a three-phase game, and all of them contributed to this win. Is it sustainable? We'll see. So that brings me to the future. Is Zach Wilson... Should he be the starting quarterback going forward? Will he be? Seems like in all likelihood. I hope this is not stubbornness talking. But I believe that Sala and Douglas feel tied to Zach and want to give him another chance to succeed. But he's got it. He's had an offseason to work with Aaron Rodgers. He's got more weapons than he had last year. He's got two great running backs now, not just Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson has emerged as a superstar wide receiver. But they got to take the training wheels off him. And if they're not, you've got to bring in a quarterback. I would do it regardless. Because the chances of Zach Wilson imploding are still there. Especially with a game against the Patriots in week three. I don't know who that quarterback is. Every name has been thrown out there. And quite frankly, I would not leave a single stone unturned. This team played too hard and pulled off a gutsy win for them not to take advantage of the fact of how damn good this roster is. You owe it to the players to put your best guy out there that gives you the best chance to win. And I don't know if Zach's that guy. I have my reservations. Hard reservations, too, because I I was disgusted with those Patriot games last year. I, I couldn't. I almost couldn't wrap my head around the incompetence I saw. He'll have his chance if he starts week three. But you got to have another guy ready to go. And I don't know who that is, like I said. Tyler Heineke, Jameis Winston, uh, Matt Ryan. There's a bunch of na- Nick Foles. There's a lot of names out there. you got to bring one of them in. I think there's there's too much talent on this team for them to stubbornly f- cross their arms and say, Zach's our guy. And more importantly, I will say this on the record. I do not believe that Aaron Rodgers' injury is an excuse for them to miss the playoffs. Playoffs are still the expectation. 
If you look at how they, they won last night without Aaron Rodgers for 99% of the game against the team that everybody and their mother has picked to win this division. The standard has not changed. I expect wins, and I expect a consistent measure of quality in every game where they cannot be blown out anymore. This defense is too damn good. You've got a run game. Get a quarterback who can manage the game. If they do that, I think they sneak in. You know, 10 and 7, 6th seed or the 7th seed. I know it's week one, but it's a long season. And B, look at the teams they're competing against for those potential wildcard spots. The Chargers, their defense sucks ass like the Dolphins' defense does. And I think Justin Herbert's a bigger loser than Josh Allen. What has he done? He's the great successor to Phillip Rivers. The Chargers are the West Coast Jets with a nicer stadium. Little brother, second fiddle to the Rams. All the hype. And they failed to deliver like some 60-year-old men on their wedding nights. The Ravens? J.K. Dobbins is out now for the season. They're still trying to configure this new offense with Lamar Jackson and Tom Munkin. The Bengals? Maybe it's because Joe Burrow didn't play a lot during the preseason because he was hurt, but their line looks as shaky as a lot of the teams. The Broncos? Excuse my language, bitch, please. I was so happy to see Sean Payton, who threw Nathaniel Hackett under the bus, saying everything was his fault, and he's going to fuck Russell Wilson. Fix Russell Wilson. That almost came out wrong. I'm sorry. For him to lose to the Raiders at home? I wish I had some tea with me because I would sip it like Kermit the Frog. So satisfying. And I hope, I hope we steamroll those SOBs when we play them later on this season. So my expectations are still there. I still think there is too much talent on this team for them to flame out. And you can't give me the excuse of they don't have a quarterback. One, they kept Zach Wilson because they believe in him. Now you got to prove it. By taking the training wheels off and show we can run this offense. And if not, get somebody who can. I can't live with another wasted season. I, I just can't. So that was the passion coming out of me. And they got a short week. They're playing the Cowboys Sunday afternoon. Not an easy game. But I think the Cowboys are going to come in really full of themselves because they steamrolled the Giants. Can the Jets take that to their advantage? Help. Dak Prescott turns the ball over more so than Josh Allen. So they got to keep it close. They got to protect Zach. But at the same time, he's going to have to make those big time, big boy throws to have them win the game. They can't win in spite of Zach Wilson like they did last year. They have to win in some part, some degree because of him or whatever quarterback they bring in. And I get it. Schedule is not easy. But when you have a roster that's on paper really good and a defense like this, it shouldn't matter who you play against. You should go into every game with the expectation that we can win. So on one hand, I'm beyond frustrated that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play at all for this team because of all the hype and because I wanted to see it, despite my concerns. I think it's bad for the league. And for, you know, the media and all these people who cover the Jets 
to not have the biggest story since Tom Brady went to Tampa be a non-factor. And speaking of quarterbacks changing teams, I would equate this Jet team to the Broncos in that last year of Peyton Manning when they won the Super Bowl. Peyton was not the same guy. He was shot. His arm was like a noodle. But his mental presence and that defense were the deciding factors why they won a Super Bowl. I don't think the Jets are winning a Super Bowl. But that's the formula they're going to have to use to win and get to the playoffs. So, on one hand, I'm I'm filled with disappointment, but on the other hand, there's still optimism. Because they, they showed me something last night. And I don't think it's the Bills largely choking the game away. I think the Jets just wanted it more. So with that, I will see you all next week after the Jets-Cowboys. Thank you very much for listening. It's good to be back. It was good to get my thoughts out there, but I just had to reiterate that I don't think this means season's over. Still 16 games left to play. A lot can happen, and like I said, I'll keep saying this. When you have a a corner like Sauce Gardner, a defensive line like they have, two running backs like Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, a number one wide receiver and Garrett Wilson, you have to find a way to get it done and get into the playoffs. That's it. Thank you all very much for listening, and I will see you again soon.